0: Good morning. 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 For those of you who I don't know, I'm John Daniel, a colleague of Nelson's and a person who thoroughly enjoys being a part of this congregation uh, on many occasions. And so it's my privilege to be here this morning while Nelson is away. Our scripture lesson this morning is a little passage tucked at the end of the Christmas story in Luke's gospel. I invite you to join me there. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. It is the story of Simeon and Anna in the context of Jesus being presented in the temple. So listen to the reading of the word of God. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, the they being Mary and Joseph. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting, and prayer night and day and coming up at that very hour she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Friends this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God who has sent to us the miracle for which we have waited, we give you praise and thanksgiving, but there is still that Lord which niggles at us. And so speak to us from Simeon and Anna that we may hear the profound word of fulfillment And the truth that you have for us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of your people gathered in worship before you as the living God and Lord of Lords. May it be acceptable in your sight. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well it has been a deep and a rich blessing to be in and out and through life here at Community West during the season of Advent and to experience this glorious season with you. The theme of waiting for a miracle has certainly spoken to my heart and I believe to the deep need within many of your hearts. It touches us where we most need touching and it speaks to us of the significance and the profundity of being people who can both celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ and declare we are still a people in many ways in waiting. So we have celebrated the miracle gift of Jesus. Christmas has come, and I'm sure we all have stories of fun and frivolity, good things and happy things, maybe a few family disagreements around the tree early that morning and such things, which is perfectly normal, but nonetheless... We have celebrated and been reminded of the one who has come as the promised Messiah of God for his people and for all the world. And yet, there's still that which niggles inside of us, as I like to say it. It nudges and pulls and gnaws at us that maybe perchance it's not enough. Maybe there is that in all of this that somehow it's just not quite enough. Well, our text this morning, and I might say another example of how absolutely complete the revelation of Scripture truly is, provides a salve for that itching and that niggling within us to say to us, listen, See, behold, and receive. The context of this passage is significant in every way. We all know well the story of the announcement to Mary and to Joseph of the coming of the Christ child, the magnificat of Mary giving herself to God in order to be the vessel through whom the Messiah will come. But here Mary and Joseph come to the temple to do what the law calls for. And what is not just custom as it says. But is what a devout and faithful believer in the Jewish faith would do in anticipation of the coming one. And so these parents who believe and who seek to live out their faith. They come as faithful people They come immediately engaging with what they know is their responsibility. And so they come for three reasons, actually, that we should not forget. They come for purification because in childbirth there is blood and therefore Mary is not clean, as it were. And Joseph, as the one who has walked with her and supported her and been a part of all that has gone on around her, he too needs to be cleansed. But they come also to present their firstborn child. It is not dissimilar in many ways to presenting a child in our faith for baptism. Here they come bringing the child knowing him to be a gift from God, knowing him to be what only God could give to them. Here they come with still those clouds of unknowing, these angels that have spoken, these things that they don't understand. And so now Mary and Joseph are getting on with life, living in the midst of the angelic chorus, shepherds that have done things that are unexpected and words that have waffled through even to leaders who now want kill him. They come presenting a child. A lesson for us as parents. If we had time and on another occasion to look at what Mary and Joseph have done and see in ourselves what it is that we are to do as believing parents in bringing our child to be offered God and the third is to offer their child to the service of God for there is that in the minds and hearts of these two parents that in ways they do not understand and questions that they cannot find all the answers to they come knowing that this child has a special calling that he is different That he is the one God has spoken to them about and far, and who will speak through. And so they come and they give him. Not dissimilar to that wonderful story in the Old Testament of Hannah presenting Samuel to Eli. But here it is that unique calling. That place, that gift of the Holy One. The miracle for whom the world waits. And they come to present him. In the temple, the place of holiness for the Jewish people, the place eyed by the Gentile world as that spot where the holy things happen for those who are known to be the people of God. Joseph and Mary bring Jesus because of deep faith, they're not going through a ritual. You misread this if you hear that there is a book that says, Okay, go do this. But they are coming because in their heart and in their life, there is belief and there is commitment and there is devotion. And they are faithful people giving themselves and their child, the precious one. For do not miss the truth that Jesus, Son of God, is to Mary and Joseph, a precious son. That they love in every way that every parent loves their child. And so they come as believing parents. As those who follow the tradition of their law. Of those who want to do what is right before the eyes of God. They come and it's in this context. It's in this context. That two people, minor characters in the biblical story, in fact, most Christmas seasons never mention these two in congregations. Two people who seem a bit unique. There is Simeon, a righteous and devout man, we are told. Faithful who is there in the temple waiting for the consolation of Israel. Israel here is not a political entity. Israel here is not a bordered nation. Israel here is spoken of as those who have been created and brought into being by God himself to be his people, to do his mission, to do what he wants fulfilled in the world, and people who have rebelled. And been sent into exile, and who have suffered for their sin, who now long for the consolation that is promised to them. Consolation. Strange word, I think, for Christmas. Consolation, what is it? It it is peace. It is being at peace, it is being whole, it is knowing the shalom of God. Deep in our hearts, it is knowing that you are complete and that all that is around you in your understanding is 100% true. And They seek that consolation. And it was revealed to Simeon that, that, that he will not die until he beholds this promised one, the miracle for whom we wait. And by the work of the Holy Spirit clear in this text. We're not left to imagine that they somehow were clairvoyant. Or somehow they were just left to their own guesses. The text is clear that the Spirit has placed Simeon and Anna in the temple on this day. For this is the day that Mary and Joseph will come and bring their child. The Son of God. And so Simeon takes Jesus into his arms. Now imagine, this is the man who has been been built around the work of the Spirit that he will not die until he beholds the Lord's Christ. An interesting phrase, the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the promised one, the one who is the only one who can bring consolation to Israel. But Simeon will not die. He will not depart this life until he beholds this promised one. He waits for a miracle. He does. And it does not imply that he has lived and camped out, nor is it true for Anna that they've they've camped out in the temple. But they are brought there this day because they come regularly. They come because it is their faith. They come in the anticipation of what God will do. They come on a regular basis waiting for what God is going to do to worship and to praise and knowing that he will come, this one who has promised but it is revealed to Simeon that he will not die. And this day he takes this child and holds him in his arms. You and I cannot imagine. We cannot fully receive what the fullness of fulfillment is to be living your life waiting and be able to reach and take that little child and pull him into your arms and know that this is the one that has been promised. And so Simeon blesses God. It doesn't say that God blessed him. But Simeon blesses God. He praises him and he brings from within himself all of his being to God. And he says, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to thy people, Israel. Here we are in the temple of the Jews and Simeon announces that this promised one is for everyone in the world. Amazing that He is a light to the Gentiles. He will light the path for the world to come to Him. He is glory to Israel, for He is the one that Israel has longed for and waited for. He is the one who will bring glory to Israel as the people that God has formed to be His holy vessel. And then at the end of the story, there is this prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher, we have lineage for her. She is almost 100 years old. We can say she's in her 90s, but it doesn't say the same thing as she's almost 100. And she is. She is great age, but she has waited and longed in her faithfulness for the coming of the one Jesus God will send in Jesus. She didn't depart from the temple, it says, worshiping and fasting in prayer night and day. Well, don't misunderstand this. She didn't bring her sleeping bag and roll out in the temple and stay there. For the temple is cleared at certain times, but she never fails to come. It is a regular routine for her. She never ceases longing and waiting and coming at this very hour by that within her which says, this is the day you don't miss. And she is there looking for the redemption of Israel. So as John Piper says, as he comments on this passage, he says, you know, Luke wants us to ask, he put them here, he wants us to ask, why these two? Well, I believe, if I listen carefully, that Luke wants us to ask that question And he gives the answer in a repetition of two of the verses, verse 25 and 38. They say virtually the same thing, and it tells us why these two. What made Simeon and Anna fit to recognize the Christ was simply their longing for God to break into the story and to bring consolation and redemption. They wanted nothing else. It's as simple as that. That is what is in them, and that, my friends, is what God wants in you and in me, nothing else but the hunger for what the consolation of God is in our world and in the lives of people and the redemption from all that seeks to undo us and overcome us. Simeon and Anna are filled with a hunger and a longing above all else for those things. And here, Mary and Joseph bring this little baby. Jesus Christ is the consolation of the Father's open arms for Jew and Gentile. Here it is announced. Jesus Christ is the consolation of the universal amnesty of God held out in the world for rebellious people for this one who will bring pain into Mary's heart because he will be rejected by the world will pay the price of that redemption. This Jesus Christ is the consolation of God as we look back at all the sin and hate and anger and guilt and shame and doubt and failure in our own lives. This is the one. Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the one who is the answer to the prophet Isaiah in the 49th chapter when he says, Sing for joy. O heavens and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has consoled his people and will have compassion upon his afflicted. He is what we long for. He is the miracle for whom we wait. And he is the one who empowers us as we wait for his final coming when he will return in power and might and restore all of creation back into that which was its created state and order and reconciled with God. And so Simeon and Anna show us the consolation and the comfort that we long for and that cannot come from the world. The world can't satisfy it. Nothing here can bring what we long for, friends. We see it in Simeon, we see it in Anna, that they have longed in their world for what could not come from their world, but only in the promised miracle of God. It only comes in the gift that these two old, devout servants recognized and received. See what Simeon and Anna longed for. Consolation. It's an odd word, I think. We know it as consolation prize, what we get when we don't get the right thing. Is that what they're offering? But it is the longing for the healing and restoration of the past losses and miseries of life. You must remember that Israel has suffered in exile for a hundreds of years in the past, and it has broken her down, it has burdened her, and it is here that she waits for the one who can restore her fully out of that into what she believes she was called to be. And in the time of Isaiah, they knew that suffering. But here Jesus is the fulfillment of true hope. He brings to Israel and to the Gentiles restoration. My dear friends, I believe that there is not a one of us sitting in this sanctuary that is not in need of restoration. We're broken. We can't find healing. For there's nothing that exists in this world that can bring it. And Simeon and Anna longed for redemption. Saved from the powers that still hold them hostage and us. Wanting to be set free. Simeon and Anna, by the power of the Holy Spirit, know that it is in this child that that is found. And in no other place. Simeon makes clear to Mary that she's going to suffer. And Jesus is going to suffer. The world's going to say, I don't want you. You see, we do that too. Oh, we long for Christmas and all that it just seems to bring that makes us feel good. But when Jesus calls us for our life, we say, well, I'm not quite ready to do all of that just yet. We push him aside. We're not ready to be as different as the gospel calls. We're not ready to walk a path that's quite that hard. Give us a little easier route. But Simeon and Anna waited for the one who could give them what nothing else in the world could give them. Lest we think, oh, how horrible it is that these things will happen to Jesus and that Mary will suffer as the mother of Jesus, never forget we are a part of that. For the brokenness in our own lives reflects what brought pain into that moment that Simeon is telling them is going to happen. So friends, how do we receive what these two had? I believe there are three things we need, three things that arise out of this passage. The first is we need a heart that is fully disenchanted with the world in which we live. Might not be what you expected to hear. We have to have what they had. which. There was no enchanted nature with the world where they lived. They were only focused on what God would bring. And if we are to receive the fullness of the miracle that we long for, it is for us to have a heart of fully being disenchanted with the world around us. The world won't save us. The world cannot redeem us. And the world cannot bring the consolation that we long for. And secondly, I would say to you, it is by a growing in our hearts that is disenchanted with the material things that seem to hold on to us even more. Things like money and possessions and power and position and all the things that just make us comfortable and empowered in this life. It is for us to become disenchanted with those things. Oh, they have their place. They may be tools, but not to bring restoration and consolation to our world. They won't. For you see, that does not come until we know the Prince of Peace, the promised miracle, the child of God. Dare to reject a secular culture. Dare to be the people who walk with Jesus, not the world. Dare to be those who reject happiness and who long for, by all of their being, consolation in Jesus and in Him alone. And thirdly, I would say to you that Simeon and Anna show us that if we're to receive what we long for, we have to allow the barnacles from our eyes to fall so that our hearts can cry out and discover the priceless treasure that I believe Simeon knew as he embraced that child and Anna knew when she beheld the the one little and weak and powerless to be the child of God. We have to come and declare and say with full conviction and full heart. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, the consolation of my past and the safe redemption of all that lies ahead. For as we long for His return, we may only look, work, and live for that day when we know that He who is born walks beside us and is the full consolation And redemption of all that is. So dear friends like Simeon. Come now complete having seen the Christ child. Come now having known that the miracle you wait for has come. And in him and in him alone. You shall find what you long for. But only in him. Glory be to God. For the goodness of his love and the mercy of his grace. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O holy God. We have looked and longed too often for what will bring peace into our lives and true consolation. But Lord remind us in unequivocal ways that it is in you and you alone that we shall find that truth. Help us to learn from Simeon and Anna the nature of fulfillment and the gifts that you bring in the coming of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.